0: Hey, Fellowship Family, Joe Hishma here, and we're going to be getting into God's Word in just a moment, but before I do, as we approach this week of Thanksgiving, I just want to thank the Lord for you, and thank you for being a part of Fellowship Bible Church. I mean, this is a year none of us have had ever planned for, but here's why I'm proud of you. I see you holding on to the hand of God amidst all of our changes and all of the changes around you, you've hung on to the hand of the Lord and you've continued to be used by him. You're enduring through all the things on your dashboard that are changing or, or breaking and go, or going out like school or sports or even your own health or the the many realities going around us you have continued to hang on to the hand of the Lord and I'm proud of you I see God working through you so it's an honor uh, it's an honor for me to be your pastor and uh, to, to see what God is doing in you uh, as we get into God's word we're in Romans chapter 15 and I want to talk to you uh, today about this concept called the one thing, the one thing that rules all other things in your lives. And have you ever heard of that concept of that one thing? And and I think it's so difficult to think of that one thing right now because... So much of our current life is scattered. Like even even I find that when I begin a task, a notification comes up on a screen or a text comes in and all of a sudden my mind goes into squirrel mode and, and uh, my attention is totally distracted and I get to the end of the time and I go, what did I really plan to do today? And it can be so frustrating. And our realities are all, always changing. So the concept of waking up each day and have, living for one thing Uh, seems attractive, but it just doesn't seem attainable, attainable, unless you're the Apostle Paul, unless you're the Apostle Paul, and God has radically changed your heart through the gospel, and you are radically living to give the gospel to others. As we get into our text today, we're going to see the one thing that ruled all the other things in the Apostle Paul's life. So let's take a look at it. It's in Romans chapter 15, beginning with verse 14. And by the way, I hope you have a Bible. So I'll even, uh, well, I'm not going to wait. But if you want to just get up and go get it, if you're watching in in your house, or you have an electronic version, I'd love for you to see it, just so we can go through this together. It'll keep your attention a little bit better. Okay, so Romans 15, beginning with verse 14, it says this, Paul says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers that you yourselves are full of goodness you're filled with all knowledge and you're able to instruct one another but on some points i have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by god to be a minister of christ jesus to the gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of god so that the offering of the gentiles may be acceptable sanctified by the holy spirit in christ jesus then I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience." Okay, there's a whole bunch of things in this passage that I want to unpack, but let's get to the things that are just repeated over and over. Obviously, we've got the gospel of Jesus Christ repeated over and over in, in just the, these short few verses that Paul talks about. But then you see another uh, group of people that he's talking about, and that is the Gentiles. And his, if you really just kind of put it together, the gospel and Gentiles, the one thing that ruled everything in Paul's life was this. The gospel of Jesus in the lives of people. That was something that just radically changed everything about him. And so he was sold out on the gospel and he wanted to take it to the ends of the earth. Now, what does this look like? What does this look like when the gospel is in your life? Well, I want to talk to you about three things that he lists here that are marks of the gospel in you. Let's take a look at the first one and look with me into Romans uh, 15 verse 14. He says this, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. Let's look at that first one. It's you're filled or you're full of goodness. What does it mean that that you are full of goodness and the gospel, when the gospel is in you. What is, what is Paul talking about here? Well, do you remember all the way back in June? No, you don't. Well, I preached about it. We preached about the goodness of God. And what I said about the goodness of God when we looked on there is that God sees, He speaks and He acts for His best in all things at all times. See that? I mean, God, there's nothing about God that is not good. And it's what he sees and what he speaks and what he acts that good, that's good is, is its best. It's for his best in all things at all times. And so many of us live the good life. Uh, that's, it's the life we want to live and the life that makes us feel good. And really, our lives need to be what's good with God needs to be good for us. And, and so therefore, when the gospel comes into our lives, it fills us with the goodness of God. And this is radically different. If you remember uh, Romans 1, 2, and 3, where Paul is talking about sin and how the, the condition of sin has radically altered our world and even our hearts. He, he would say in Romans three twenty three, for all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. And then he'd even develop it a little bit later. And he says, there's none who are righteous, none who are good. And he even said, our mouths are like open graves. I mean, that's a pretty dire picture of who we are. We were once... That apart from Christ, living in sin and non, nothing in us was good. But now with Christ, we can have that full, we can be full of goodness. And so ultimately, it means that we're sourced by the goodness of God through the gospel. It means that we're, we're sharing the goodness of God through our speaking and through our actions in a way that, that shares with others that God is good. And so a question that I have as we as we just think through what does it mean to be full of goodness personally is is a question I have. Do, do people see that God is good by how you speak and how you act? I mean, after spending time with you, after, after reading your posts, after hearing your perspective of the world going through this time right now, or spending time with you, do, do people walk away from time with you saying, wow, I can see the goodness of God in that person? Or even, boy, God is so good in that person's life. Okay, so how are they going to know that God is good if we aren't living the goodness of God through our lives? Paul saw the church in Rome. He said, you're full of goodness. And look at that second thing. I'll highlight it there and again. It's all about knowledge and understanding of God's word. He said, so you're full of goodness and you're filled with all knowledge. And what this has to do is, is this isn't about being book smart. It's not about them knowing everything about the law and the scriptures as much as it is knowing the law and the scriptures, but also applying it and experiencing the knowledge and the goodness of God. Do you remember how the, good, how the knowledge of God kind of changes and transforms our mind? Paul would say this in Romans 12. He said in Romans 12 too, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so when we're talking about knowledge and understanding of God's word, we're talking about how the word of God then refreshes us and recalibrates our minds to the mind of Christ. That, that the word of God reminds us, and when you get into God's word and you read about the life-giving power of the gospel, you hear, you're you reminded that you're no longer dead, but you're alive to God in Christ. You're, you remember that you're not a stranger to God. You're beloved. You're in his family. You're his child. And it recalibrates us to what is good and what is right and what is true and what is real. And so we're called as a follower of Jesus to be filled not just with the goodness of God, but with the knowledge of God. That's what transforms us. And this life-giving connection to the word that Paul is talking about is, is all about not just what God's word says, but what it means and how it looks in us. So here's a question I have for you as we just think about what it means to be full of all knowledge. Is this, of all the information that you have processed this week, all the articles you read, all the posts you processed, all the videos you pinched on, how have you deepened in your knowledge and understanding of God? See, I find that I must always be renewing my mind with the knowledge of God. Because the, the reality is, is is when difficult time comes, I, I can usually feel the insecurity rise up in me or the worry or the fear. And that's why I've had to always run back to the word because the word of God reminds me God's in control. This doesn't take him by surprise. He's not caught off guard. And he works in all things for his good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And and through these moments of weakness in my life where I've realized my need and my dependence on the word, I've learned to trust deeper in God's presence and his perspective. Not just for me, uh, but also for our church as a whole. And the truth is, I'm still a man and we'll, we're still a church that helps people find and follow Jesus Christ. We still have the charter to make disciples of Christ, resulting in transformed lives, leaving a godly legacy. And I've heard of terms like you got to follow Christ no matter what, or through good times and through bad, but now I understand and I'm experiencing God in a difficult time in leadership and in life. And, And my faith has deepened because the Spirit has used the Word of God in my life to deepen my knowledge and my understanding of God. See, if, if we just long for great times where there's no bad news and everything's fabulous and we're all comfortable, we're only going to know God when times are good. But if we're willing to hold his hand when, when things kind of, when the floor drops out of our expectation or of the reality or, or even the things that we think it, you know, provide us with a good day, then, then our faith is going to be shallow. But God wants to grow us in those areas. So he wants to deepen us in that. Okay, so he, God is growing us here. Look in, 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 and He's filling the marks of the gospels that were full of goodness, we're filled with all knowledge. And look at this third one. This is we're able to instruct one another. Paul saw that in the church in Rome. He saw that they were able to instruct one another. And what this means is that word able, it's, the English doesn't give it really that great of credit because the English, uh, the, the Greek says this. The Greek calls that word able dunamis, of which we get the English word dynamite, uh, which ultimately is all about power. In other words, we have the power to exhort and encourage and admonish one another. And this mark has the effect of God filling your life with goodness and his knowledge and his understanding. So ultimately that you'll overflow into the lives of others, filling them up too. So that means that the gospel gospel moves in you and through you. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, it says this. Paul Paul talks and he says, "What, what you heard and received and I'm sorry what you learned and what you received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So I want to give you a a picture here and I'm going to move to a different take. So follow me over here. I feel like Mr. Rogers moving from camera to camera, but what Paul is saying is saying church in Rome when I see you I see you full of the goodness of God. God has filled you through the gospel with his goodness And you're filled with all knowledge. So you are ready now, you are ready now to to instruct. And you're doing this. You're pouring your lives out into the lives of others around you. And here's the thing. Rather than being more empty, God is coming along and he's filling them more. And so the gospel is coming from God and it's moving into their lives. So the end result is that one full life fills another life. That's the whole picture of the gospel, whether it's the good news of the salvation of the gospel or the good news of the of the restoration and redemption of the gospel in all areas of life. And, and we really believe this here at Fellowship. We believe everyone is a minister. It's not just those who are paid for it or those who have a ministry position. Everyone is a minister. Everywhere is a ministry opportunity. And so that picture that Paul saw of the church in Rome is, this is what I'm glad, you've been filled by God through the gospel, and you're filling others. Can I just ask you real quick, where where are you right now when it comes to this? Because you could start out where you really feel empty, and that's where you might need to trust in the good news of the gospel. If you have not yet done that, I would encourage you, put your faith and trust in Christ. And, and if you've received Christ, then be filled with his goodness and live with that fullness perspective, not the scarcity perspective, because God has made you right with, with him through Christ. And so live that full perspective, grow in knowledge and understanding of Christ through his word, and then pour yourself out in the lives of others. That's the picture of the New Testament church. And Paul said, I see it in you in Rome. Okay, so we've learned we've learned now that the gospel, the marks of the gospel in us are being full of the goodness of God, and and then filled with all knowledge, and then able to instruct one another. Um, So now Paul is going to move as we continue reading in Romans fifteen, into how does he do this? How does he use us then to move the gospel from one life to the other? Let's take a look at this. Let's keep reading. He says. I do this by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel. Not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see And those who have never heard will understand. Do you see this? This is the one thing that changed everything for the Apostle Paul. Is that he saw his life as someone who is radically changed by Christ. And redeemed and restored and reconciled and and sanctified by Christ. And now he wanted to take it to the farthest region. So that those who have never been told of of it will hear it. And those who have never heard of it will understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talked about the one thing that ruled all other things in, in the apostle Paul's life and it's the gospel of Jesus in the lives of people. But look at what, how he even expands on that. His whole goal and his purpose in, in, in life was for all people everywhere to see, believe, live, and give the gospel. See that? That is such a pointed mission that all people everywhere will hear, will respond to, believe, live, and give the gospel. That's why I lived his life. Now, these words, these words, um, are going to be offensive. And, and as you think about in our world today, um, in in a world that basically says, no, we don't commit to any one religious structure or faith paradigm, or that anything you want to believe is, as long as it makes sense to you, as long as you're sincere, that's good. I mean, this is really offensive, that there's one way through Christ for all people everywhere. The gospel is open to whosoever believes, but it's very narrow on that we must believe and trust in Christ. And Paul says, He didn't budge. He didn't budge with an outside world that was worshiping every God they could think of. And he didn't budge with an internal church in the church of Rome that said, Paul, come and teach us more. You stay with us. Don't travel to the ends of the earth. Paul is saying, no way. The gospel's for all people everywhere to see, believe, live, and give to everyone. And so we then need to take that invitation by Paul and we need to commit our lives to this same one thing. I think that's one of the issues in a very scattered kind of soundbite-driven world right now that we as a church need. It's to remember our one thing. Our one thing is that all people everywhere need to see, believe, live, and give the gospel. And so he shows us how. And he gives us three things that God uses in us to advance the gospel as God used in the life of Paul. Let's look at them. He says, by word and deed, By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. Okay, so let's look at this first one. This is the gospel moves through me through my words, by my words. And so certainly that means that Paul is talking about preaching and teaching the gospel and presenting the gospel. As he would say like in Romans 10 when he said, how will they hear unless someone tells them? And, and how will they believe unless someone preaches the good news? This certainly the gospel moves by when we proclaim it. Because people can see our goodness, but not necessarily see our God. And that's why we have to explain the God behind the goodness in our lives. And we're called to share the goodness of God as we're called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the specific presentation that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And this also means, though, that every word we speak reflects the gospel. What we say when someone offends us, what we say about the world around us, as well as how we correct or disagree with people, reflects the gospel. Our words are so so powerful instruments in, in building up or tearing down others. And, and the truth is, some of us, some of us never have forgotten the words that were said to us or the notes that were written about us in middle school. Or the, the posts that were posted critical of you or, or something that you do. I mean, those words are powerful. And, and just as God spoke and there's power in his words, when we have the gospel in us, there's power and authority in us. And this same power is in us today. It didn't just stick with the first century church. This is in us today. And so we need to speak with that authority and advance the gospel to everyone everywhere. Our words make a difference. But then he talks about this. Not just our word, but also by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders. Boy, let's explain what this means, because this can be misunderstood. If you follow the life of Paul after he came to Christ in Acts chapter 9 all the way through Acts 28, you'll find that there were literal acts. That's why they call it the book of Acts because they were the acts of the apostles of which Paul was one. And there were things that were normal, everyday things about life. Paul walked in, he shared the gospel, and God used, in a powerful way, this simple proclamation of the gospel. But then there were other things that happened. Paul's shipwrecked, or he's uh, uh, hit with rocks outside of a city and left for dead, but he rises up from the rocks, from the pile of rocks. And those are definitely signs and wonders that he had a greater God who was watching over him. There were things that were explainable, and there were things that were unexplainable in his life as he walked or he sailed or he rode the world so that every place he went could hear the gospel certainly we see signs and wonders in his life but i would also say in our lives when we preach the gospel by word and when we live the gospel out there are going to be some things we go wow that was explainable that was fairly normal but then there are things we're going we're to say, wow, I had no idea what God was doing when this happened. And yet that person came to Christ. Or that person who was so resistant to the gospel, who never wanted to hear it again. I found out five years later that someone else presented the, the gospel and they put their faith and trust in Christ. So God does things when we follow him and act, on, act by faith in Christ. And so there's words and there's actions. There's things, little things that God turns and explodes into big things. And there's big things to us that maybe God might not use as powerfully as we think they are. But that's why Paul would say it's all hinged on the power of the Spirit. So it's by my words. It's by my deeds or my actions And then it's by the power of the Spirit of God. Paul said, I can't boast about anything except what God is doing through me for the Gentiles. This reminds us that we can't take credit for what God does through us. We're an instrument that God uses. We're not the object. And we're not the end of what we do. And so that's really interesting because I have a tool area in my garage. And I have several different tools, and I choose what I want to use for the task that I'm doing. And that's what God does. He can use us for, or as an instrument for a task he wants to do. If we don't want to be used by him, he has other tools, and he will do that, and he will use them. We'll miss out. But God uses us, and Paul was used by God for that one thing through the power of the Spirit. So that, so that all people everywhere could see. Believe, live, and give the gospel. Fellowship Bible Church, the church that's not meeting in person right now, but the church that's still meeting and worshiping all around our region right now. Remember this. The one thing, the one thing that rules all other things is Jesus in the lives of people. Nothing changes that. Nothing can restrict it. Uh, A powerful Roman emperor couldn't restrict it. Uh, Plagues throughout church history couldn't restrict the power of the gospel in the lives of people. And wherever you are, whatever you do, you're a minister of that gospel. And you're called to reflect it and to live it and to give it to every person, everywhere. That one thing that Paul was about can be your thing. It can be my one thing that God will, that will use to rule all other things in my life. My words, my actions, and the power of the Holy Spirit as my life is surrendered to him. Fellowship Bible Church, I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful what God is doing in us. He is filling us with goodness. He was filling us with all of his knowledge and he's giving us the power to pour what he's given to us into the lives of everyone, everywhere. Can I pray? And let's just right now, just get in a posture of prayer where we just open our lives. Maybe we just open our hands like this when we're praying. And I'll pray that God would, would show us this and move in our lives this week. Let's pray. Father, as we approach a week of Thanksgiving to you, uh, that we may gather with friends or may it may look very different from previous years. We receive that you are a good God into our lives. We receive the goodness and the knowledge and the understanding of your word through your spirit. So Lord, may we be connected to your word this week. and May we be looking to be filled by it. And may we not just keep it to ourselves. May we pour out the gospel and the goodness of God to everyone everywhere so that Jesus may rule in our hearts and in this world as he does in heaven. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.